The analysis you want without the interruptions. Only on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Subscribe now through your Amazon Prime account for free. Twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Attention radio listeners. Ooh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please get me out of this game. You aren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Jays came into the basketball game. Jim Bayheim has inserted Jays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Well, people in Central New York claim that uh, Roosevelt Bowie is the best center Syracuse University has ever had. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention. Welcome into Centers of Attention, hour number two here on ESPN Radio and live on twitch.tv slash Sports Talk. A lot coming up today on the show. You might notice, first of all, I'm not Paulie Sebelia. Uh, I'm Seth Goldberg. I'm, I'm not even in the room with these two seven-footers. I've never felt so small uh, in my life. Uh, but we got Roosevelt Bowie and Natan Thomas on the line. We'll have M- uh, WNBA player Nakia Sanford coming up in a little bit. Then later, former Orange basketball player Damone Brown joining the show. And, uh, you know, we're going to do the dangerous here. Etan and Rosie said before the show that we can take calls in the last segment of the show. So if you're hanging around and you're listening around 1145, <laughs> you can give us a call and, and we can get you in uh, at 315-437-7644. Guys, how are you this morning? Excellent, excellent. Thank good. you. So I, I know that we were talking about this before the show and you saw the comments from uh, one-time Syracuse commit Isaiah Stewart and what he had to say about Coach Beheim and he wouldn't take a photo with him and now Coach Beheim has kind of pushed back a little bit and said I, I requested to, to maybe do it a little bit later. But what did you guys make of this and, and kind of how it blew up yesterday? Etan, shaking his head. No, no, no. I'll let you go first. Because you go first. You go first. All right. So, uh, this is the deal. I, um, he is, uh, this gentleman, uh, Isaiah, he is uh, a good friend of uh, a close friend of mine. He was over at his house all the time. And, you know, and he's, uh, the, these kids, they live in the, uh, the social media world. So, uh, having said that, Kids are very susceptible to anything at that age, especially if there's peer peer pressure with kids around them. You know, the this, the same thing that made me want to go to Syracuse. Uh, I was at Syracuse basketball camp and just doing my thing. I thought I was one of 200, 300 kids there. And um, Coach Behind walked through there and, you know, spoke to me after playing golf or something. And I thought it was kind of nice, but all the kids around me were like, oh, wow, he stopped and talked to you. Ooh, you must be. And I was like, what? I didn't understand it. But uh, it was something that was very important to them. Um, and, and these kind of things will, 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 will be on your mind for a long time. It, it's, it's happened to all of us. One of my situations was I went to five-star basketball camp. And uh, which is where Coach Patino, Coach Malone, all the coaches went, where all the Michael Jordan went. So I go to this camp and I see uh, I see Garf, Howie Garfinkel, and he he uh, he looks at me and he I'm, I'm six nine, about 175 pounds. He looks at me and he goes, uh, "You'll never be a major college basketball player." Now, mind you, he's a guru of of basketball for the past uh, the whole time when when I was in college and afterwards, and um, and I listened to him and then went away then after my junior year i was uh 
uh, preseason All-American, so to, so to speak, and I went to his camp, never went to his camp, I just met him, and Rick Pitino says to me, he goes, I go to Rick Pitino to be his demonstrator for defense. And uh, after I did the, the demonstration, you know, uh, he looks, he look, he walked over to me and he goes, when he, when he said to me, you'll never be a major college basketball player, with my good upbringing, I looked at him and I said, I, I, I must tell you that whether I become a major college basketball player or not does not depend on what you think of me. It depends on what I think of me. And then afterwards, when I was a junior, I saw him again, and he came over and he's like, yeah, but you're only 6'9", now you're 7 feet, and he was making these excuses. And I said, I reiterate, sir, me becoming <laughs> a major college basketball player does not depend on what you think of me, it depends on what I think of myself. So having said that, Etan? No, no, that, that, and that's good, you know. And, and, and I read um, Isaiah Stewart's uh, comments and everything that he was saying, you know. I had to think about my son Malcolm. You know, so my son Malcolm, we went to uh, the Washington football uh, team like a couple of years ago when RG3 was there. And they had like the open scrimmages types of thing and everything like that. And so um, after the scrimmage, he went up to RG3, you know, and he said, hey, uh, can I take a picture with you? And he said, oh, yeah, sure. He said, little man, you know, it was like all of like really seven seconds. He was like, hey, I see you got little little locks, little twists like me. Took a quick picture, gave him a pound. That was it. And from that moment on. Malcolm was the biggest RG3 fan. You know what I mean? He wanted to get the fat head in his room. He was rooting for him. When he got hurt, he was mad at the coach for putting him in there. He was, like, invested, right? And so I've seen that happen on the flip side. You know, when when uh, you go up to somebody, you remember when Shaq had the story about when he went up to David Robinson, like when they were younger, and I guess he wanted, like, a picture or autograph, and David Robinson didn't have time for him and said, you know, like, get out of here, kid, like, I'm doing something or something like that. And Shaq talked about it after every single game that he like dunked on him hard dominated him. like he was like almost like trying to like make him remember <laughs> and I'm saying this because those impressionable moments you know with young people they mean something you know I, I saw a lot of comments after this Isaiah Stewart article and a lot of people saying well you know that happened in middle school come on what does that have to do with now but I mean in when you're in middle school you only meet like a handful of famous people so that that meeting has a big impression on you. You know what I mean? So it can either go good or it could go bad. It could either have a positive interaction or a negative interaction. And that interaction shapes your whole feeling about the person for the rest of your days. That's just the way that it works. You know, I think it's interesting, guys, because I, I wonder, you know, and, and you're two really good guys to, to ask, but he clearly had a pretty good relationship with Mike Hopkins. And, and, you know, Hop clearly did a lot of work to recruit him. And then when Hop goes somewhere else, you know, Isaiah went with him. And, and I wonder, you know, I, I personally, outside looking in, I'd, I'd imagine that played into it a little bit more than, than whether Coach Bayheim took a photo with him five years ago or not. You know, it's it's the fact that it's the fact that it, it it's in his mind naturally that 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 happened, and when he you know a, a player when he picks his coach when he picks the coach he's going to play for has got to be the one that he relates the most to. Now, seeming that uh, Mike Hopkins was the one that had recruited him, that was the donuts he would have gone with Mike Hopkins anyway, um, because that's who he had his relationship with. Uh, I know that uh, Etan, you had a relationship with Coach Orr. And, uh, right. and a very close relationship. So, I, and I'm I'm telling you, whoever you make your first bond with is really important. Um, the, the the fact of the matter that you know we're, we're 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 public people, but you know I look at it from this point of view. When when Lewis and I were at Syracuse, we very seldom went anywhere together. 
because if we went by ourselves, we could sneak out, we can go go out to dinner, go with a friend. But if we went out together, you know, it's kind of tough to to have alone time if we had our uh, our significant other at the time that, that came with us. So I try to multiply that times five thousand. What it might be like for a uh, coach to go out in public in Syracuse, you know. So that's even even though we got to be ready all the time. I I hate to tell you, but I have made a mistake and and, and bit a per, bit a finger or two in my day, and I hope it doesn't come back to bite me. I got I got to push back on that a little bit though because when you're in that limelight that's just part of it. That's what comes with yeah. it. There's been plenty of times where I've been in a restaurant and the thing is my daughter Imani, she doesn't like it. You know what I mean? Somebody'll come yeah. over to her and say I'm sorry if we're bothering you and she'll say yes you are bothering us. And I'm like, "Dang, Imani, you know? What I mean? But that's how she's always been." But yeah. but but when you when you're in the limelight, you got to understand that these people who are paying the, you know, like they have your jersey, they have your, you know, picture on their wall. Like this is like oh, a yeah. once in a lifetime opportunity for them. So you have to always think that. So sometimes you have to be kind of over gracious. But, you know, with little kids, I mean, in the situation, yeah. as Isaiah as Stewart described, you know, he's in front of all his boys. You know what I mean? They go up and they see Coach Bayheim, and he wants to just take a picture with him, whatever like that. And then he turns around and his, and his, and his friends laugh at him because he doesn't, you know, Bayheim kind of played him like he didn't take the picture with him. Look, I remember being in middle school and, I, and this is all around the same age, you know, and I'm going to see uh, John Starks. John Starks in Tulsa, Oklahoma had this three-on-three uh, tournament that he had every single year. So I remember going there with my boys and going there up to John Starks saying, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm a big, because I, I, I was a Knicks fan, a diehard Knicks fan. So I'm like, hey, John Starks, you know what I mean? Can I take a picture with you? Now, if he would have at that point said, hey, you know, I'm kind of busy here running my camp, you know what I mean? Maybe another time or something like that. My response would have probably been like F. John Starks for the rest of his days. <laughs> you know what I mean? That That's what my response yeah. would have. That's how I would have truly felt in my heart. But the fact that he, you know, took a picture with me, you know, took like five seconds out, took a picture with me, hey, good luck with everything, and then boom, went back to what he was doing. I was the biggest John Starks fan, like, forever. And it just takes that little moment. That's why I'm, you know, you never know who you're talking to, what, what kid you're signing an autograph for, and how it's going to come back to you. So, you know, that's just a lesson. Yeah, guys, it's a, it's a really interesting topic, and, and we could certainly try and circle back to it at the end of the show. However, we, we unfortunately need to take a time out right now. Uh, not unfortunately. We have Nikia what? Sanford coming up uh, in, in a couple of minutes, and we want to make sure that we get to her on time. So let's do that. Nikia Sanford, and a WNBA player coming up. A lot happening in the WNBA right now as far as their CBA is concerned, and it's really interesting to uh, hear what's going on there. So we'll talk about that coming up next here on Centers of Attention. On Twitch, Q Sports talk and on the radio ESPN 97.7 and 100.1 this is centers of attention hour number two of centers of attention continuing here on ESPN radio Seth Goldberg in for Polly today with Roosevelt Bowie and Etan Thomas and uh, we head to the Burdick Toyota guest line now as we are joined by former WNBA player Nikia Sanford. She spent 11 years in the WNBA, and there's a lot going on in the league right now. So, Nikia, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Absolutely. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. I'm doing amazing. Hey, Nikia, how you doing? This is the time. Hey, thanks for coming on <laughs> hey, the show bro. today. I wanted to ask you, just, just first <laughs> off, what does this new collective bargaining agreement mean for the WNBA as a whole. We saw the new the the you know the rise in salaries, the rise in benefits. Just talk about what that really means for the entire sport. Um I think for the sport 
uh, for women's sports in particular, is groundbreaking because it's just an acknowledgement. <laughs> like, okay, y'all should be making more money, which everyone talked about, but now there's some uh, more than just talk. There's some paperwork behind the, the rhetoric, and that's a big deal for women's sports in particular and specifically for the WNBA. Uh, yes, Dakia, this is Roosevelt. Um, there was the, I spent quite a bit of time going to uh, – basketball games in Italy that's where I spent my career so uh, <laughs> Cynthia Cooper and, all, and and Bridget Gordon and those girls they really opened my eyes to to basketball and the physical play and and by the way uh, I'm one of your busy, big, biggest fans I hope you make sure you teach that <laughs> to the other girls coming up <laughs> okay awesome um thanks so much no, yeah, they, um, they, they, I think I I think if I would add, if I could add, also you mentioned, you know, seeing those phenomenal athletes play overseas. Um, that I did that for 14 years, year rounds, game after game, plane after plane, bus after bus. And I think that's the other thing that's important about this new CBA is it will give the girls or the women um, opportunity to be able to stay at home. Although I enjoyed my overseas career, um, I played in Italy as well. Uh, okay. I think having that option is a, a big deal. Talk a little bit in specifics about the 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 um the pay difference because a lot of pe times people hear about it, but they don't really know the difference they don't know the fact that a lot of the women um they have to go overseas because you know playing in the w n b a didn't didn't give them enough money to be able to sustain you know what I mean they had to go overseas talk about that 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 difference and what that actually means um well it, it's twofold so me being a business mind I always look at things on both sides. One is we, as an organization, um, the W doesn't have the merchandising quite yet of the NBA, NFL, NBA, MLB. So for us to be making millions of dollars, um, we that's a piece that we need to fix. But, um, you know, we played three to four months, three and a half, four months out of the summer. And I remember when I started playing, I was about to age myself, um, league minimum was like, I think it was like 30 something or 40 it was like something crazy uh uh and now we're looking at minimums of 130 um and up so i'm really excited about that um and there are some people who listen and go okay well you're just playing basketball i mean people work year round to make you know fifty thousand dollars a year um but it is an extreme toll on your body it's a lot of sacrifice um so we would go overseas to supplement our income and we would make three, four, five, sometimes six times more playing internationally than we would playing in the WNBA at home, which just seems insane. You know, it, it's so funny because I remember when I was playing, Bridget, Bridget's salary was, uh, was more than the guy that I played with. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. And he had uh, it was Pace Manning. I'll never forget. Bridget's salary was was substantially more than Pace's salary. Yeah. And uh, and the thing yeah. that always got me, she was one of the few that did not have to play all year round. But I, it just, I, I have to take my hat off to you to play the the Italian circuit and then finish, get on a plane and go go home and then play all summer. I'm surprised more girls didn't get have injuries. Well, I think uh, we're just tough. We're built that way. And um, second, <laughs> secondly, no say, no say, no. But no um, secondly, I think that's what is going to be phenomenal about this as well. Um, it will give us an opportunity as women to really improve our craft. When you look at the men, um, they have time to train. They have time to um, 
work um, on nutrition time to do specific uh, physical work. Uh, we don't have time in between our seasons. I would literally get done with the W, and if I was lucky and negotiated really, really hard with my overseas team, I might have seven days. Wow. It's incredible. Before I had to hop on a plane. So um, it'll give us, you know, I have um, a couple of uh, basketball sisters now who are just overseas. They let go of the, the W and went specifically overseas because of the income. So I think it's just going to help us elevate the game even more. We're talking to former WNBA player Nakia Sanford here on Centers of Attention. She joins us on the Burdick Toyota guest line. And, and Nakia, something I wanted to ask you about that you mentioned before, you said the, the merchandising and, and bringing in more revenue. Now, obviously, the, the revenue coming into the WNBA and the NBA are not the same, and that obviously factors Correct. into player salaries. Uh, but one of the things that I thought was interesting in the announcement this week is that the split of the revenue is much closer to the same for the WNBA and the NBA now, where where in the WNBA it's a a fifty fifty split between players and league or players and ownership, where it wasn't necessarily Fresh. like that before. How important do you think that was for for the players' association to get done? Um, <laughs> hopefully, I won't get spanking for this, but um, the so in the past when I was playing, we had a twenty we had a twenty percent revenue share. And one of the things that frustrated me when we would talk about why the women weren't making more money is that you had people in the front office making three, four times more than the players um, and were not uh, didn't have the buy-in into women's sports um, the way that I feel like it should have been. So I'm, I'm just excited to see that part uh, go up because we will look forward to those checks um, <laughs> every year. Uh, so um, I'm excited about seeing that go go up. I think uh, I think the NBA is 75 years. We're at 20. The 73, 75. Um, we're at 23 years. Uh, so you know, it took the NBA a minute to get a lot of the things that they have, but I'm happy about that that big, big change. Let me ask you a question, Nakia. Um, some of the some of the uh, teams have changed their location of where they play their home games. Um, before they mm-hmm. started playing in the same, you know, they played in Madison Square Garden when they're in New York, or they played in, you know what I mean, um, Verizon Center in in DC, mm-hmm. even though it's called something different now. But you know what I'm talking about. So so then they yeah, go yeah, into a smaller. Playing. Do you think it's better? To play in the in the same place as the as the um you know the guys play in, or do you think it's better to play in a smaller venue that's always packed? Because some places, you know, it, it, like with the Sparks, there's certain games, you know, they're packed when they play in, in in the same place. But other games you go to, and it's like the stands look empty. But when they go into the smaller venue, they look packed, and the whole energy is different. That's my you know looking at it from the outside in. But what what is your take on that? I feel the way that you do. I think that it's a different feel when you walk into the gym and you don't see empty seats. Um, mm-hmm. When you're playing at the, I think it's the MCI Center now or something. Is it? Oh, no, it was MCI it Center was a long MCI time ago. When I was there, and then it went to yeah. Verizon and then something. Um, There's something else now. But it's yeah. a different. Uh, <laughs> It's a different feel when you're in a full gym. Some markets are able to handle um, to handle that, like. LA, Seattle, and even Seattle, their gym is uh, a little compact, and I love playing there. Um, so yeah. I agree. I think that um, as long as it is a professional um, place to be, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Chicago, where they played, I wasn't, I didn't feel like a professional athlete when we played in Chicago um, in that particular yeah. facility. Um, oh, 
I guess I, maybe I shouldn't say. Y'all don't give me in trouble. Um, no, it's all good. Yeah, so if the, if the facility is top-notch and you're able to feel like, okay, this is our place, I don't see anything wrong with going to a smaller facility. Nakia, thanks so much for joining us and uh, and giving us some insight into this. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again down the line. Thanks so much for having me, guys. That's Nakia Sanford, former WNBA standout, giving us uh, some information on what happened in the league this this week because it's a really interesting, really important development. So, guys, let's take a timeout. we got former SU basketball player Damone Brown coming up next here on Centers of Attention. On Twitch. Q Sports Talk and on the radio ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Hour two of Centers of Attention rolls on. Halfway through the hour, we take you up until noon. Roosevelt Bowie and Natan Thomas on the line. I'm Seth Goldberg in for Pauly Sebelia. And uh, we head back to the Burdick Toyota guest line now to bring on uh, one of Etan's former teammates here at Syracuse University, Damone Brown on the line. Hey, Damone, how are you? How you doing? How you doing? My man, Damone Brown. How you doing there, sir? <laughs> I'm good, man. How you doing? How you doing? Man, man, thanks for coming on the show. You know, it's a lot that I want to talk about, but we got to, you know, we was talking about this before, so we could just carry it on with you. You know, we was talking about the thing with, with um, Isaiah Stewart and, and Coach Beheim, and I, I just got to get your take on it real quick because I think Seth thinks we're being a little bit too sensitive. I think, I think that's what he thinks, but he didn't say that, but I think that's what he thinks. So from my perspective, I said, you know, you know, if I'm a young cat, you know, middle school and I go up to somebody who's famous and I see him, no matter who that person is, you know, I talked about some, you know, situations I've had when I was younger. Well, I've seen somebody young, some famous, gone up to them, you know what I mean? Try to get an autograph or something like that. The way they respond is going to determine how I look at them for the rest of their days. That's just the way that it is. But you tell me your your reaction to Isaiah Stewart saying that uh, he didn't come to Syracuse because of, of, of that, that incident. If he didn't come because of that, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of I, I, kind of tough there. I mean, I, I get where the young kid is coming from, but then I've, I've never been the celeb as big as – you know, Coach Bayheim, you know, just coming to watch his son play a basketball game and then maybe after the game get him a few autographs here and there, a few pictures and things like that. that that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think uh, if that's the reason he didn't come, that that's that's wild. I mean, little, little <laughs> things like little 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 things like that can make or break a relationship or a memory of somebody or change their view on somebody, but. It's all, you know, we, we all got to take the circumstance or the, the place or where the autograph or the picture is taking place. If it was at dinner, that's one thing. If we're in the gym, you, you probably got to take that picture and sign that autograph. That's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah. Hey, hey, you, you, you probably, hey, how you doing, boy? Hey, you know what? It, it's, now I was, uh, I was just thinking about that one step further. Uh, and let me know what you think about this. So, I was thinking about it as if, you know, when I was a kid and if I went up to somebody and how that might affect me. But the other thing that I forgot mm-hmm. to think about was when I came home, I would have said something to my mom and my grandmother about what I did. And I would have got mm-hmm. smacked in the back of the head. And they would say, why are, you, why are you bothering that man when he's out there trying to watch his son play? You know, he, that's, not, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be watching the game, too. So when I look at it from that yeah. point of view, 
<laughs> you know, it kind of kind of lets both, the air out of it. I get both sides. I get yep. both sides. It's just I don't know. You as a kid, you want it. I mean, as a celeb, you got to try and you know. I, I ain't gonna say a tease, but you you gotta gotta make sure the kids is all right. I guess. Yep. You gotta give the people what they want sometimes, right? You, hey, but you, you, you gotta what? give them. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you gotta get like you said. You gotta get the people what you want. I mean, it may be a, a slight inconvenience, real quick, but I ain't gonna say you signed up for it. But it, it, it part of it's part that comes with it. I agree. It's part of it, you know. And just yeah. to say, just piggyback on that. There's people from Syracuse that come up to me all the time that say, "Hey," and they'll pull out the picture of me with them, like as a little kid. Like you took this picture yeah. with me when I was a little kid, and I've loved you ever since. That's just the way that yeah. it works. You know what I mean? It's it, just, it does, that's it just does, how it, it works. It does more than change your mind. It more than changes that mind and the, the, the thoughts and the things of people. And, and it does make you feel old when they're like, you know, they, they, <laughs> and it's like a baby picture. I'm like, wait. Dang, I'm, I am old. You know what I mean? He was a baby in this that. picture. <laughs> yeah. But but let me ask you, you yeah. watch the team now. What is your assessment of the team? Um, you know, they've had they've had two good wins. Um, of course they've had a little rough start. You know, we see the development mm-hmm. happening, we see the promise, we see where it can go. Um I, I say myself that this is more of a developmental year for and build up for next year. That's what I say. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, what 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 is what is your opinion on this team? I, I, I can see where you're going with that, but but the way you know college basketball is now is is really no set dominant team that's just going to that's a clear cut favorite, you know, to win to win the whole thing. That's that's about my team. I mean, I think with the with the talent and the guys that we got now, I mean, you never know. You never know what can happen. We get to the tournament, we get a you know seven eight seed or something. We we probably can make a run. I mean, we have you know Elijah, this score. Uh, you know, we got Buddy, we got uh, Gerard out there who can make some some shots. So, I mean, you never know. Whatever the night is, you know, the night hitting for that day, if we hitting our shots, I think that's our biggest key. If we hitting shots and we scoring, we we pretty good. You know, our defense is what it is. But if we, if we scoring and, and, and able to, you know, score a few points, we have a chance to win some games. You know, it's funny. I, I think the same thing. You know, you, you, you want to think that they're – First, in the back of your mind, you think, man, you wait till next year. If we hold everything together, they're going to be great. Uh-huh. But then by them not mm-hmm. being a, a super dominant team there, all you got to do is get your foot in the door, and then you're playing against teams that aren't used to playing against a 2-3 zone. You have a night where two guys are on or three guys are on, and all of a sudden it's a whole different ball game. It, it definitely is. I mean, the, the games that we win, our offense is, is clicking. We're scoring. We're able to get some points. The games that we, you know, we, we lose by one or two, look at our, our scoring. We don't score that many points, and our shots aren't falling. So it's all about that night. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what shot is falling? What, you know, what team is showing up there on the offense there? And, and and imagine this team with Isaiah Stewart on it. No, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. Tell everybody what you got going on now <laughs> and what you're doing now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm head coaching uh, at a school here in Buffalo, Brian Australian College, Buffalo. Uh, we're in our second year. Uh, right now we are 13-6, and, and, you know, we have a chance to make it back to the uh, national tournament here for, uh, you know, small college basketball. I mean, we, we made it our first year and made it to the semifinals, and we're just trying to build on that and, you know, keep getting better. And, you know, me and myself, just, you know, just trying to learn more about the game, the coaching game, and, you know, see where it takes me. 
Wow, excellent. Good job. Do you have any of your old buddies there uh, on the team with you, or on, I mean coaching with you? Uh, well, I got a friend of mine from uh, from from a high school team and been a good friend of mine and around the game with me for a, lo- a long time. Uh, no, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. But as far as my Syracuse guys, I mean, they're all, you know, pursuing their dreams and knowing their coaching things. And I just look up to look up to them and, you know, just try and learn from them and see where, you know, I can fit in that. What kind of a coach are you? Um, you know, I, I coach my son's AAU team, and my, my son tells me I'm like Coach Carter uh, from the movie. That's that's what he that's what he describes me as. But what kind of a coach are I you? Can see that. You can see that. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I, I think I'm I'm a I'm a I think I'm a mixture in a blend of all the coaches that I, I've, I've played for. Uh, hmm. Um. I'm kind of laid back like Lenny Wilkins at times. I can, I can come with my uh, fiery like Larry Brown sometimes. I can, I got a little little Bayheim. Well, I mean we don't play the zone here, but I got a little, little bit of Bayheim in me with, with as far as the rotation and, and things like that. And you know, I I coaches you under under his breath. You know, just getting his personal things off to you and trying to develop you that way. But I, I mean, I'm just. I just try and be a mixture. I just try and see what the, that player needs and what this team needs over here or what that guy needs over there and, you know, just try and bring it all together. You know, Damone, you just mentioned three Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, any any similarities with, with those guys as you were playing? I think they were all a bit different, uh, you know, personally. But as far as the game, they, they all knew the game. Uh, respect thing for the basketball for the game was was big with them, and they just uh, you know brought some brought some unique and different, and that I I was able to pull from as a as a player. That's great. Do, do you do you ever have any uh, do you have any uh, any any parents getting involved at this at this stage when you're in college? Any parents in your ear? How do you handle that? No, not 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 really, not really. A couple of years ago, when I was doing the AAU stuff, it was you know parents and my kid this and why this and why that. I mean, but I mean now the the the, the player asks you in year why why I'm not playing or I'm better than this or I got to be playing that many more minutes or I need these many shots. I mean, I mean it's all about how you deal with it and you know how you plan what's best for best for the team. Damone, thanks so much for uh, for making some time for us this morning. Great talking with you, and uh, I'm sure that uh, we'll we'll get you reunited with uh, Atan sometime down the road. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Damone take Brown, former Syracuse Orangeman, former forward here for SU. Let's take a timeout. And uh, you guys sure? I mean, you said before we would open the phone line. Let's if do people it. Call. Okay. So if you guys want to call in, 315-437-7644. You can ask Rosie and Atan questions after this. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Wrapping up Centers of Attention today, Roosevelt Bowie, Atan Thomas, I'm Seth Goldberg, in for Pauly Sibilia. And uh, as mentioned, we are going to head to the phone lines now. And if you're on the line, we, we've got a couple of callers here. And if you want to get on, you can still call in at 315 437 Seven six four four. We don't have too much time left, so if you're on the line, try and uh, get in quick. We'll get Aton and Rosie's thoughts on uh, on your call, and then we'll 
we'll kind of move on to the next one a little bit rapid fire. So first up, we got John in Syracuse on the line. Hey, John, how are you? What do you got? Pretty good. I just had a question. I know, as far as the women's teams go, I know it's not a revenue-making sport, and a lot of people don't really care. But considering the players that Hillsmith's been bringing in, he's been bringing in a lot of highly recruited ball players. I personally think this guy's underachieving. I don't know what your opinion is of him, and you'll probably stick up for him, but I think down the road that question has to be answered. Um, he's the program's all-time leader in wins. And, uh, I mean, Aton, you can speak to this, but the, the women's basketball program now is a, a whole lot better than when you were playing here. Right, right, right. They're on the map now. I mean, they're they're a force to be reckoned with, and, and you know, but with that becomes high expectations. But it's great to have Syracuse women's team have those high expectations. So you know, that's a good thing as well. But I think he's doing a great job, and they're getting a lot of great talent. The recruiting is is high, so they're, I, I have a lot of respect for what they're doing. Uh, Coach Q, he uh, I I've been to their practice. I see them work out. Um, they get involved with the girls. I mean, they're it's it's all positive. They're they're doing some good stuff up there on, uh, at the U. Uh, it's just that they you know they they've raised the bar really high, and mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with expecting more out of them because I guarantee you, no matter what they win, he wants to win more. And realistically, yep. this year maybe they're not as good as they were last year and in previous years. Uh, they're also missing Tiana, who who would certainly <laughs> you know change right, that equation quite a bit as exactly. as an All American. Uh, let's exactly. hit, let's hit one more phone call here, guys, before we uh, before we wrap up the show. We got Steve in Liverpool with us. Hey, Steve. Yeah, hi, uh, Etan, uh, Rosie. Uh, I have an interesting, curious question. Has Coach Beheim ever asked either of you or Danny to come and work with some of the players? You know, especially some of the current uh, centers. Uh, I haven't gotten that call. Have you? Have you, Roosevelt? Um, I don't get the call, but I am closer, so I kind of I kind of tool through practice and throw my two cents in because normally, uh, even when Mike uh, Hopkins was here, I'd come in and you know say hi to get tickets to go to a game, and he would say, "Come here, I got to talk to you about something." He said, "I know how they how they do this. What, what would you recommend doing?" And um, and I see Alan Griffin, and he'll also say, "Listen, we got guys that they're doing something. Do you know anything that I could do to help them out?" So. Um, seeming that I'm a Syracuse alumni, they could ask me anything, and I'll get up and I'll go there and I'll do it because this is the only team that I follow, and uh, I'm not a fan of any other pro sport, so I'm available. Do you think it's a misconception that a center has to coach centers? Um, I mean, as long as you have the techniques, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what uh, position Bernie Fine uh, played. You know <laughs> what I mean? But I mean, as long as you have the techniques and you're, the, you're you know, you have everything down packed, I don't think it matters. And honestly, when I was there, um, Roosevelt Bowie came and he spoke to me a lot and he helped me a lot. You know what I mean? Talked to me about you know how to you know wait, just be patient, what to do when I. I mean, he. Like it, it, it was great, and it was really beneficial um, with for him to speak to me while I was playing there. So I know these guys will really benefit from from hearing you as well. Yeah, it would be. I mean, there there there's certain things I can tell you. When I first got there, like Bernie finds your coach, I was like what? And uh, the thing that he taught, I guarantee you, we were tougher than nails. You could strike a match on us. We we didn't back down from anybody. We didn't let anybody come to the paint. If they came to the paint, they got a little 
present to take home with yeah. him. <laughs> um, present. <laughs> you know, and then then the basketball stuff. You just and we learned from each other because we would sit down. We'd see on the on the bus trips coming back home, like if we were on a bus trip or, or flying back, we'd all sit together and we would talk about basketball things. And so I learned a lot from 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 Lewis, and I learned a lot from Ed Moss, and I learned a lot. I, I wasn't a, a student of the game. I started playing when I was fourteen, but I had a passion to play. And so my passion mixed with the guys. My whole thing about basketball was I know I can run 100 miles an hour for 40 minutes. And sooner or later, my man is going to die because I'm going to run him until he dies. And then <laughs> Coach Orr and, and the other guys around me, you know, they did. They, they, they said, okay, this is what <laughs> I, 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 Etan, I'm not kidding you. I would sit down five minutes before the game on the floor and I would stretch and I'd look at my man and I'd just smile. And I go like, you better get, you better have fun now because I'm gonna run you till you die later. <laughs> run you just, till you they, die. You That's just, great. <laughs> we we <laughs> learned. I learned from. I learned from those guys. You know the techniques of the game, and, and they got me involved in the game. And if I want more rebounds, they throw me the ball more. Let me get a dunk, and then I block two more shots. You know, they helped me to understand putting it all together, and they helped me become a better player. Guys, it was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun filling in today for Polly. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm sure that at some point Polly's going to need another fill-in, so I'm sure we'll talk again soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> this has been Centers of Attention. We'll take a time out. Orange Nation coming up next here on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk.